Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and no, Andy is not hungover from his birthday. He's actually talking about the Masters right now. We've crossed the streams, Matt, which we know is dangerous. So no Andy today. We have Matt in, which means we'll get a little bit of hockey. And I hear there's some baseball going on. But how's everything going with you, Matt? I'm doing well. I wanted to wear my master's hat because, you know, Andy's talking about the master's. It's master's week. Every, any chance I have a uh, chance to wear my master's gear, I like doing it. So I wanted to do that, but uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Did you have anything on the national championship game last night? I did not. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't watch too much of it. I, I turned on the beginning and I will go back. There's, it looks like there's a couple of replays on this afternoon. I'll go back and watch mm-hmm. it because it looks like the end of the game was pretty interesting. But um, I, you know what? I did take Andy's UNC plus four and a half for a little bit. Turns out that worked out well. Um, apparently there was that. It's one of the fun things about basketball when you have that underdog and maybe you want UNC to win the game. But you were pretty happy with a plus four, plus four and a half ticket in your pocket when that three missed. Yeah, I was I was on Carolina um, or excuse me, Kansas from the beginning of the tournament. I had a Kansas to win plus fourteen hundred future at the beginning of it, uh, so happy that hit. But I'm also a North Carolina fan, and that was a little bit like I, I hedged a little bit. But that was well, do I want a big bonus in my FanDuel account or do I want my heart to be happy? So that was that was tough down the stretch. But uh, at least with my with my team going down, I made myself uh, some some nice coin there plus fourteen hundred. Now, there was a lot of people, and I'm sure that there will be a lot of discussions this morning about who was smart enough to hedge their UNC future and who wasn't smart enough to hedge their UNC future. So you know, hopefully you went out there and you locked in some value. Again, I, I try not to hedge too much, but you got it that far. So hopefully you locked in a little bit, maybe even sold it on PropSwap. It was a you know a pretty fun end to, I think, otherwise, was it maybe the best tournament? What, what do you think? That was... It's weird because there were no buzzer beaters, but I thought like the well, the Elite Eight was a little bit of blowout city, but like the Sweet 16 and the Final Four, I thought I thought were really, really good. Obviously, Kansas blew out Villanova, but Duke Carolina was as good as you could have wanted. And yet a national championship game that came down to a three-pointer to tie the game as, as, time, you know, as time expired. So while it didn't hit the buzzer beater, um, was still an incredibly exciting game. And, and producer Dan makes a great point. Uh, plus four and a half almost died an incredibly painful death for UNC there. And I don't know if you saw the end, but UNC got a, um, they got a last second shot attempt because Kansas was inbounding at like half court and trying to break the press. The guy who took the inbound for Kansas stepped out of bounds after one step, giving UNC the ball back at a three point game. So instead of a foul and two free throws, it was UNC with the ball back with three down three. So they had that plus four and a half, Looked really bad for a couple seconds and then really good. <laughs> Talk about a uh, it was a bad bet if you had Kansas and it was a uh, or bad beat if you had Kansas cover, covering the points, but a, a great cover if you had Carolina, given where they were at halftime. God bless Bill's sale. Now, where are we in the hockey season? How much more hockey do we have left? Because I mentioned this yesterday. I'm a little weirded out at this point. Usually the hockey playoffs mm-hmm. are going on, but we've had some breaks and stuff. How much we got left? We got about a month left in the season. I think end of April, right around beginning of May is when this uh, wrap all wraps up. So we're winding down. Uh, got a couple picks tonight. I've been, thanks to the Ontario launch, uh, Ontario is now live. I've, I've been doing a little bit more Maple Leafs research. And I think I've stumbled upon a trend. I, uh, I had this yesterday when the Leafs played the Lightning in Tampa. Second period overs for the Leafs are a thing. Yesterday, the over two and a half was plus 140. I think they've combined for four goals. The Leafs have gone over that's like over that two and a half mark in second periods for the last uh, five straight or five consecutive games, and then oh, four of those five, excuse me, have gone four or more. 
So second period overs in Leafs games at plus money, you should be taking. Panthers have also gone over that two and a half mark in their second or four of their last five second periods. So you like plus money overs. There, there's a plus money over condensed into one period for you. I know I love giving plus monies, love giving overs. And that's also to make up for the minus money under I have coming up, but we'll get to that. I'm going to go with the wild minus one and a half against the Predators plus 220. Wild played last night. They're playing a fresher Predators team. But the Wild have been so incredibly good since the trade deadline, since they picked up Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, he's going in net tonight. Cam Talbot played for them last night. Fleury has stopped 92 of 96 shots in his three games so far with the Wild. And save percentage is uh, 9, uh, 958, which is just amazing. Uh, the Wild, since that deal, are 7-0-1. Oh, and, uh, and I believe they've allowed only 13 goals as a team in that, in that eight-game stretch. Um, Nashville is a very okay team. They're kind of up and down. They are at home tonight, which is why you see the plus 220 there for the minus one and a half. But with how Minnesota's playing, especially with how they're playing in net, I think this is a game that is conducive to them covering, a style of game that they can cover that minus one and a half um, having played last night because I think they're going to try and slow the game down and Nashville likes playing a slower defensively styled game. So if, if Minnesota can kind of play that pace with them, I like their advantage in net. And I think that's at, at plus 220, that's some good value. I will probably also just sprinkle the wild money line there. It, I think it's like minus 120 or so. I think that's a little bit safer of a bet, obviously. But uh, at plus 220, I it's what I do when I come on this show. I give, out, I give out plus money puck lines, and that one was too good to pass up on. And then the the under six and a half for just what I mentioned. Uh, the, the Predators are a defensive-minded team. They have a really good defensive core. Uh, they like playing a little bit of a slower game. Minnesota has been fantastic defensively. Like I said, just 13 goals allowed in the last eight games. I think they've only allowed more than two, like one uh, one time in that stretch. I think they've allowed one goal or less, like five or six of them. So I, I like the Wild. I like their goalie with how Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing. And I think six and a half goals for these two teams, especially given the Wild playing last night and probably wanting to play a slower game, a more defensive-minded game as well with Nashville. I think six and a half is a lot of goals in this one. So I'm going to go with the under there. All right, maybe I'll go and find an under six, see if I can get plus money on something like that. I, but I like, I like that. alt unders. We don't usually go with we're usually in on alt overs on this show, but you're probably the more uh, uh, smart minded, better than Andy. You're 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 doing the educated thing and going and taking the alt under. I wouldn't mind that play at all. I, I think tonight's going to be like a, a three to one type game. I never mind selling to the push. So, you know, this is a spot where six and a half, if it's on six, you win. If it's six, you push. All right, I'll take yeah. the risk on the push for maybe a little better payout if it ends up being five. So, either I way, that, I, I like all I these I love steps. that thinking. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do we got the in the NHL NBA? season? Yeah. It's, now, this is, we're almost done here. It ends on Sunday. I know. There's I, no basketball yesterday. So, there's no I'm basketball I'm like you. I'm getting all thrown off because I'm so used to the NHL being over, like, a two or three weeks before the NBA. And now I'm like, wait, the, this isn't when the NBA is supposed to end. They're supposed to have a month left. It's like, oh, there's three games left. Yeah, we're getting pretty close to the end. Again, a bunch of stuff up in play. And as is tradition when we have a huge slate, nobody played yesterday. So we got 12 games today. Just two picks for me. But be careful, everybody. We're getting later in the season. There's a lot of good reasons not to bet on games. For example, the Trailblazers are playing the Thunder tonight. Neither team has really even half the roster they had a month ago and has no interest in winning. So if you want to see a disaster about 10 o'clock at night, maybe nine, 
closer to 945. The fourth quarter of that should be pretty much a mess. The Bulls-Bucks game will be a lot of fun. That number looked just about right to me. Um, the Hornets-Heat game, I think, might be a little bit underrated. Don't mind the heat there, but just not enough value. Two numbers did stick out to me, however. Teams that, again, are still playing – I'm still motivated here. We've got the Hawks and the Raptors over 226. Um, I know producer Dan loves this. The Hawks don't really play much defense when John Collins isn't around and he is still out. Um, these totals have been north of 235, honestly, for the last couple of weeks. And although Raptors totals have fallen a little bit, the offense is kind of stagnated here. They will be at home a little more comfortable for them. And again, the Hawks just, you know, turn these games into a little faster pace and don't mind giving up points here. I have this closer to 230, almost 231 myself. So over 226, over 227 looks nice to me. And then similar thought here, Grizzlies Jazz, again, for whatever reason, and maybe it's just because Jazz totals have been a little bit suppressed, but when the Jazz are at home, they don't mind playing a little bit of a faster pace, try to take advantage of their altitude, if you will. And the Grizzlies continue to have a young roster that's still healthy at the end of the year here. They continue to push pace, even without John Morant, they're scoring a ton of points. This is another game. I have this closer to 229, honestly, almost 230. I had to whittle it down a little bit so over 224 225 honestly even if it gets to 226 uh, i still don't mind it there at that number just two really nice spots here where i think we're just going to see a lot of teams up and down the floor um you know fresh off a little bit of a break here so two overs for us tonight in the association i know you don't uh, have it on your board but since i'm on the show and the bulls are playing a, a bigger game against the bucks tonight i know they're probably going to lose because that's what they do against good teams uh but they're five and a half point underdogs i think i saw last right around that five five and a half six mark what i mean it, my heart wants to take the bulls but my head says take the bucks to cover that five and a half right yeah, I had it closer to Bucks, like six and a half, almost seven. Okay. It's tough, you know, with Giannis not being 100%, kind of how to adjust that. And the Bulls have been good at closing some of these close numbers at home, but it's just kind of the mess of, to the end of the season here. So I think the Bucks are a little more locked in and probably win this one comfortably. Yeah, I, I think so too. They just, they got Caruso back and the, the defense got a little bit better, but man, they just, not as much on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, I think they just miss Lonzo Ball a whole lot. They just they haven't really been able to recover from missing that. Io DeSumo's been a really nice story. He's had a really nice year, but like he's he's a very good backup point guard. He's not he's not your starting point guard on a on a playoff team that's gonna win a bunch of games. And that's just unfortunately doesn't seem like they're gonna get Lonzo back. It seems like they'll probably shut him down for the year, which is not ideal, but is what it is. It's, you know, a good start, maybe not a bad finish for the Bulls, but we move on. There's something happening today, and I know this excites you a lot more than it excites me. Baseball. There's baseball today, like real baseball. It counts and stuff. Like, this is it. This is game one, season start, ready to go. No, baseball. So opening day is Thursday. Today oh, we're wrapping up. A, so they uh, most teams have left, left their spring training facilities, and now they're playing in exhibitions at their stadiums. So they're all home. But I figured uh, Andy is not the biggest uh, baseball better. That's usually my role on this show. And I don't think I was going to be on on opening day or any time for the rest of the week. Figured this was a good time. That was, it was between giving Get an opening day bet or some master stuff. And I figured I'm going to leave the golf to Andy. He's the expert there. I'm going to talk something more in my wheelhouse. And I, I put together a little opening day parlay. Uh, you got to do some searching for the odds if you want to find them. That uh, They're not up everywhere yet. I found these on Caesars, I believe. I'm sure FanDuel and BetMGM and, and DraftKings and all them will be soon to follow. Um, but I, I wanted to go with a, a kind of a heavy favorites parlay here. And I, I added the Padres one late because without that, the parlay was only like plus 230. And I thought, let's let's try and throw one more and get greedy and enough to, to plus 490. But I'm going to go with uh, producer Dan's Braves defending world champions at home. Uh, 
ceremony, all that. They, they got their ace, Max Freed, on the mound versus Cincinnati Reds team that just, I mean, they pretty much sold everybody and that they're they're kind of in a rebuilding type phase. They, they, they got rid of a lot of their core players to save some cash. Uh, Nick Castellanos is gone. Eugenio Suarez is not there anymore. So I, I like the Braves here at home celebrating the World Series with their ace on the bump. It, I'm not sure how much they're going to win by, but I like them to get the job done there. Uh, Brewers, Cubs, I have the Brewers money line. Corbin Burns was unbelievable last year. Kyle Hendricks is a good pitcher for the Cubs. He, he usually is a better pitcher at home, but I like Corbin Burns against a, a pretty weak Cubs lineup this year. Uh, also, it, it was not up yet, but whenever they throw up the under for that, I would take it. It's probably it's in Chicago in early April. It is going to be no more than 50, 45 degrees. It'll probably be cloudy. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some wind and rain in Wrigley because the wind is always seeming to swirl in, in Wrigley. So it, once once you see an under on that, I would not be afraid to hop on it because I, I think Corbin Burns and Kyle Hendricks are both going to throw well. You have two not great lineups for as good of the team as the Brewers are. They're really more of a pitching and defense type team that every once in a while erupts offensively, but their lineup is not, it, it's not an elite lineup by any means. It's a fine one, but nothing great. Uh, Cardinals money line in Pittsburgh. That is, I love the Cardinals this year. I think they're going to be right there with the Brewers in the NL Central. Pirates are another team that, that they didn't really have much to sell, but they sold or got rid of most of what they had. Uh, the, the Cardinals seemingly for the 20th straight opening day have Adam Wainwright on the bump. I was telling Dan before the show, I can't believe it's 2022 and Adam Wainwright is their opening day starter, but here we are. Uh, so I, I like the Cardinals there against just a bad Pittsburgh Pirates team who they, they had a couple of elite level prospects that they're going to keep down for, for the 12 days or whatever. So they don't have to burn the year of service. Uh, give me St. Louis in that matchup. And then Padres Diamondbacks, again, sensing a similar theme here. World Series type contender against top five draft pick type contender in the Diamondbacks. You Darvish is going to go for the Padres against Madison Bumgarner for Arizona. Bumgarner obviously used to be very good, but he's not quite what he used to be. Uh, Darvish had a very nice year for the Padres last year. That's a team with World Series expectations that just went out and added a pitcher in Sean Manaya that kind of gives them the uh, the vote of confidence from ownership to kind of bolster their roster, their rotation right ahead of opening day. So I like them there. And that pays out plus 490. Uh, I, I love those odds. I'm going to bet this exact parlay myself probably as soon as those odds are available on FanDuel. Uh, Dan and I were talking as much as we like the parlay. Weird things happen in baseball and not an opening day. So it's by no means a guarantee. But it, those heavy favorites, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of plus 498. That's that's my usually my strategy in betting baseball. It's similar to hockey. Money lines aren't nearly as valuable, but if you can find a good run line or like a heavy favorite parlay, that's really where most of the value lies. And there's a good chance, especially early on in the season before the books kind of catch up to the teams to find some value. I like that we're doing this early a little bit too. I'm curious to see how those numbers move a little bit. Mm -hmm. People have a little parlay CLV. Um, but, you know, I think what we're hoping is all that nonsense. Let's keep that nonsense on the clay let's keep that nonsense tennis wise because i love what i'm looking at this graphic here there's a lot of plus numbers there's a lot of plus numbers i'm intrigued i love it what do you got it's a lot of what we talked about yesterday as i mentioned no bets for me yesterday a lot of stuff coming today so double check and make sure you might already have these numbers haven't moved too much just to touch on our favor a couple of them but we'll start in charleston where again the theme of this week, both tournaments have kind of extenuating circumstances. Charleston has this green clay, which isn't the same as, you know, the slower kind of thicker red clay you're used to seeing at the French Open and, you know, most of the clay tournaments we have. Now, it's kind of halfway between clay and hardcore, but it, it ends up being kind of a funky surface for some players. And it's the week before 
the clay season starting in Europe. There's Billie Jean King next week, and then all the big tournaments start there. So as you look at this event, and then Bogota, we'll talk about the altitude there in just a second. But both of these tournaments are kind of right for some of these bigger names coming in and maybe not giving their best effort. So starting with uh, Emma Navarro, the U.S. wild card, someone who's really nice, and I don't mind backing at bigger numbers here. She goes up against Madison Brengel. This one getting underway shortly. So hopefully you grabbed this one yesterday. I think this is literally starting as I'm speaking. Um, Brengel's had a great start to the season, but is, is playing just kind of way over where she has been. I think this the market continues to kind of overrate her, which, again, that can happen after kind of a player goes on a tear, if you will. Katie McNally um, goes up against Allison Risk. Again, similar thing. Risk has had a really nice start to the season, playing well above where we've seen her, not, you know, the last year and a half, especially at this particular time of year. McNally is someone that is really going to fight and make this into a match. Risk is someone that's generally capable of losing sets you know for example this will be one i'll try to keep an eye on live if risk goes up early i'm going to be looking a lot bet mcnally to win sets like seven five seven six things like that so love the money lines here and the plus games and then bogota kind of the funny thing here is the altitude it's really tough to play there are a few events on the tour in general that are played at altitude and this is i believe one of the higher spots so it can be tough a lot of it comes down to fitness and i'm happy to fade diana Estremska against a woman in Udvardi who's done well here before in general better player on clay so three big underdogs for us all of these this afternoon again navarro underway just about now but you've got a couple hours to get um the mcnally bet in and the udvardi bet in if you didn't already yesterday love it i similar to what you say with me with, with hockey bets when i see those plus money tennis bets i'm a huge fan i love hopping on those with you they're just more fun to root for there's just certain weeks where you know again you start to look at the schedule figuring out what everybody really wants to do and not that, you know, they might not necessarily give the most honest effort. I think this is all a lot of situations where if these players, you know, maybe drop the first set or maybe get a little more of a match than they were expecting, things I think turn a little more quickly as they look forward to moving on. So that'll be the angle this week. We'll see how it works out. So far, so good. Yesterday was a bit of an underdog day. But anything else for the people here? You know, I do want to mention, you brought up prop swap earlier, and I think I, I mentioned this ticket I was sitting on last week, but half of my my Kansas to win the title, Justin Thomas parlay is hit. So now with, thanks to that ticket I bought on prop swap, I'm essentially sitting on 55 to one odds for Justin Thomas to win the uh, to win the Masters. It was a $20 ticket to pay out like 1200 bucks, and now it is uh, one's hit. So I have a $20 to win 1200 on Justin Thomas to win the Masters. Let's go, JT. I can dig it. I like that quite a bit. Yes, check out PropSwap. Again, another really good way to go in if you missed out on some of these Masters lines a little bit early. There's a lot of stuff like that out there. I bet there are probably some other national championship parlay tickets. Yeah. Again, maybe that'll put his out there if he asks nicely enough. But maybe I will. Check them I out. Make sure you Promo use the code BETSPERX. They give you, yeah, free 100 oh, bucks. That's why okay. I use my, I use $20 of my uh, free $100 credits. And then it's, it's free money for me on this now. I'm sitting on a free bet of, uh, 55 to 1 on Justin Thomas. He's, I think, the second favorite right now to win the Masters. So I'll take that. Beautiful. Give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And if you need something to do, hop on over to the golf feed. I bet they're still going. See you tomorrow.